The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. The PFF NFL podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. If you've been thinking about getting a Simply Safe home security system but have been waiting for the holidays when all the tech deals come out, you've made a smart move. Because right now, I can get you a great deal on Simply Safe. If you go to simplysafe.com slash PFF, you'll get their amazing holiday offer. They rarely do anything like this, but they're doing it just for us. Simply Safe is great protection for your home and family. They don't make you sign a contract, and there's no hidden fees. They're getting great reviews. CNET, PC Mag, and Wirecutter all say Simply Safe is the best security system there is. So if you're looking for a security system and want a great deal, go to simplysafe.com slash PFF to get the offer. Make sure to use that URL because it really helps the show. That's simplysafe.com slash PFF and hurry. This offer ends soon, and Sam and I both got Simply Safe. It is great. The PFF NFL podcast is also brought to you by Pluto TV, the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all for free. No credit card needed. No sign up. Pluto TV is easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again. Download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast. Steve Palazzolo here with Mike Renner. Mike Renner in for Sam Monson. We're live on YouTube. Welcome in to all of our YouTube listeners. I can't lie about how many people we have here and all of our podcast listeners. It's YouTube viewers, actually. Mike, you're in for a uh, sickly Sam Monson. Welcome yes. back. It's good to be back. It's been a while now. Yeah. I'm excited. And I got takes. I have so many takes built up. Just going to be a good one listen we're sitting here we have millions and millions of listeners on the podcast we had one guy asking for you last week on twitter so i just hope that he's excited my, my fan base they're they're everywhere it seems yeah. like we love having you on here anyway you do some you do some you know mediocre to solid work usually so um lots to talk about week 14 uh some movements a lot of good teams losing just crazy it was an interesting week crazy finishes and all that stuff let's start with chicago Oh no! First, let's give we got to give Sam credit. Are you aware of what we've been doing on Thursdays with yeah. our predictions? Yes, I've seen some of those. I mean, he nailed it with yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah, absolutely nailed the Derrick Henry thing. So we're sitting there. We were looking through the numbers. We're something like five for ten or six for twelve in predicting these things. We might get you in the prediction game mm-hmm. too. Maybe we'll get you in on Thursday to try your hand at it. Can you see the future? 
No, I probably would be terrible at that. I can. I'm really good at saying when I was right, though. In the past, oh, on the few times I was right, I'm good at oh. pointing out when I was right. But. Okay, that's that's good. That's it's not helpful uh, for our Thursday podcast, though. All right, let's get into the. I, I did have a take though about that Thursday night game. Oh, okay, Jaguars. Yes. Jaguars. The Titans. Jaguars thought they didn't realize that Derrick Henry got subbed in for Deion Lewis, so they kept going high on him. They didn't. They couldn't tell the difference. Is my take. Didn't so they see that they picture see, that went viral where Derrick they, Henry's like this? They kept and, thinking it was Deion Lewis. So that was my take on that. That's they, your take. I don't know what they were thinking, though. Like, I four straight guys on that 99-yard run just go at Derrick Henry's shoulder pads as if like that's how yeah. you're going to bring down a 6'4 behemoth. Jesus. He terrible. also ran He also ran with he ran some. Hard. Yeah, I know. It was, with some it anger. Is, I'm not going to say I could have tackled him any better, but I couldn't have also tackled him any worse. You would have at least like rolled at his legs and yeah. made him work hard or something, you know? Stiff arm from hell with Derrick Henry there, which uh, our friend Jack Collinsworth showed off on uh, Sunday Countdown earlier this year. All right, let's get into uh, last night's action, especially. Let's start with the Chicago Bears. Are the yes. Chicago Bears now, they win 15-6 to against the Los Angeles Rams, are the Chicago Bears a Super Bowl contender? Here's the only thing, the reason I'll say I don't think so. They're still going to be on the road the whole playoffs. They're, they're still going to have to go through la or new orleans and, and i mean they could feasibly maybe win one of those games and then get home field again in the championship round but it's just going to be difficult i think playing you know making drew Brees or jared goff go up to chicago in that weather in the playoffs would be a very good equalizer especially with the defense that the bears have right but not having home field there it's almost you know a very unlikely chance that they do end up getting home field at this point, you know, the Rams and the Saints would have to you know, basically lose out, which I don't think is going to happen. So not having home field, I just don't foresee them going in and being able to stop them in the Dome or in the weather out in L.A. Yeah, the Bears at home, it's certainly been yes. a huge factor when yes. they're at home. I mean, they did it. You know, they shut down the Vikings a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, they've they, they, they played really well against, mm-hmm. against Seattle back in week two. Yeah. They still have Green Bay at home, which mm-hmm. would be fun to watch. You know, Aaron Rodgers and that passing offense, despite what they've dealt with this year. So the Bears at home have been tough. How much do we attribute last night's game, though? I mean, this was one of the worst quarterback games on both sides, right? Yeah. I mean, it was bad. On both sides. Both sides. Mitch Trubisky and Jared Goff. How much do we attribute it to the quarterback play versus what the Bears have, Bears did defensively? Because they got some good pressure and they covered well on the back end. But, man, it was just quarterbacks would make it to bad throws. I think my biggest takeaway from the Rams' offense this last two weeks, uh, Jared Goff's probably his worst two weeks since – last year obviously and maybe since even his rookie year yeah. uh the interior of that rams offense line is an issue their worst two weeks also by far in my opinion that they've played all season austin blythe is an issue at right guard in terms of being able to hold up against the bull rush and john sullivan in pass protection has been just getting destroyed by yeah. any sort of quality nose tackle and you even saw it the play so sullivan gives up the sack to force the safety against eddie goldman terrible right there and then the next drive the cleo mack force fumble you see roger saffold the left guard trying to help out austin blythe when they're sliding or excuse me trying to help out john sullivan against the nose tackle and doesn't get out to where he's supposed to be and help out andrew whitworth with cleo mack and then oh yeah cleo mack forced the fumble so you're kind of if you have to help your interior off the line it's going to put those tackles on an island more and that's just not where you, you don't want your tackles on an island. I don't think any team wants that. So it's a, that, to me, is the biggest issue. And then Goff holding up to that interior pressure, he just he didn't look like the same quarterback when he has a guy in his face. Yeah, Goff, he was very streaky last night. But, you know, he made a few good throws. But just most of the time looking uncomfortable, a little bit slow. Even on the sack, it was you mentioned Eddie Goldman, great, great pass rush on that play. But Goff just a tick slow across the board. So you can credit on the back end. I love the... Um, 
well-rounded uh, number of pressures that the Bears had. You get four from Akeem Hicks and three from Eddie Goldman, four from Leonard Floyd, four from Khalil Mack. I mean, Khalil Mack was pretty much slowed down in the first half a little bit. But like you said, when you start to move around who's doubling whom yes. and all these different uh, you know, game plan adjustments, Khalil Mack could take advantage. Guys like Jonathan Bullard coming off the bench. I mean, it's, it, was, it was a deep, good look. The PFF grades are going to be spectacular on the Bears' defense once they hit uh, mm-hmm. premium stats and everything. So uh, it, it's not a great year for defenses. Sam and I have been talking about this all year. Are, are the Bears the clear favorite as the best defense right now in a year of average to slightly above average top defenses? Yeah, I mean, there was another defense that slowed down a pretty good offense this past week in Baltimore. So I, I'm not sure clearly, but I would take them as number one at this point. All right, let's discuss Mitchell Trubisky because you weren't around mm-hmm. when we aggravated every Bears fan. They, by the way, they used to be. I haven't checked the numbers again. They used to be the city that uh, most of our listeners, our, our mm. best city. Chicago. Chicago. There. And then Chicago. I trashed Trubisky and maybe they it all just, disappeared. Yeah. Um, but he was just as bad as Jared Goff, if not. I think he was worse than Jared Goff because Goff at least made a few nice throws beyond the sticks and moved the chains and then made some terrible ones. Trubisky was terrible. This was a this was this reminded me of growing up watching the Bears Rex Grossman 06. This was a yeah. classic 06 Bears win where Rex Grossman does everything in his power. In this case, Mitchell Trubisky does everything in his power to try to lose you the game. Right. But you're just so good everywhere else that you end up coming away with a win over a very good team, but it had really zero to do with Trubisky's play. I mean, 33.3 passer rating, one completion, 10 yards plus down the field on nine attempts. He was one, one for 10 is what I'm seeing with three interceptions. Rams, yeah, I was say the Rams caught more balls downfield yes. than the Bears. Three times as many, yeah. in fact. Uh, Trubisky, you know, we can still do some stuff with the legs. But uh, again, the thing we've been saying all year is that scheme has aided him. The reason why his passer rating is high, I think his passer rating, he dropped from like 13th to 24th or something, or 22nd in the league in this one game, um, which actually, to be honest, started to match up more with with our numbers. Mm-hmm. So is it, look, I again, we liked Trubisky coming out. I do like Trubisky overall. I still think he'll be okay. But I'm saying the way he's playing right now, mm-hmm. you need Tariq Cohen to make a great play. You need Allen Robinson to make a great contested catch. He's so inconsistent. Can they be that Super Bowl contender be, You know, with him at quarterback? I mean, I think the defense is good enough. And we've obviously seen them you know, take it to the Rams here. But all it takes is one game of Trubisky. That's not going to fly in the playoffs, I don't think. I don't think that's going to fly on the road either, especially if you're going right. to New Orleans, going to Los Angeles. They're, they're not going to put up six points against the Bears in one of those venues. So I, I don't think – I think it will be limiting. I mean, Rex Grossman ended up getting them to the Super Bowl, but then again, he didn't do it in the Super Bowl. So I do think – over you're talking about a three-game sample size, one of those games, I don't think you're going to be able to survive that if you're the Bears. How about on the other side with the Rams uh, quickly? Any concerns here? Again, Goff, Goff's game against the Lions was actually worse because yes. uh, statistically it wasn't bad. He had, he had four picks last night against the Bears, one of which was a Hail Mary, but he threw two. One when he got hit. As he and one, yeah, it was kind of, you know, he got to feel the yeah. pocket a little bit, but yeah, he got hit, made it look a little bit worse. But against the Lions, he threw an interception, but he also had two passes that should have been pick sixes in mm-hmm. the flat that were just like, what are you doing, Jared? It really did look like rookie year Jared Goff. He's taken a, uh, he's plummeted in the PFF grades over the last two weeks. So that was at Detroit. He struggled. Last night at Chicago. What do we make of this for the Rams? I think it goes back to what I said my biggest takeaway was the offensive line getting playing probably their two worst games these past two weeks. And early in the season, they were so dominant. And when right. he was on fire, he was 
flowing from pockets, you know, the Dak Prescott two years ago, you know, with uh, just could step up all day long, have really nothing to worry about in that pocket. That was the Rams offense line early in the season. Now, though, it seems like they just can't hold up consistently in a drop back passing game. They have to use play action to give him any sort of time. And when that's the case, uh, we would just, just Goff just has not been able to execute. And so I do think going up against interiors, Saints have a pretty good interior pass rush. Bears have a good interior pass rush. We know the Cowboys have a good pass rush as well. You're going up against those teams in the playoffs. That's going to be concerning. Okay, now the, the big thing for the Rams here is uh, the Saints now take over. The number one seed, they've mm-hmm. got the tiebreaker. And if both teams win out, and you know it's an NFC championship with the top two seeds, the Rams have to go through New Orleans. So it just shows the importance of that game. Let's get to the We'll come back to some of the other NFC teams. We'll talk about the Saints and mm-hmm. some of the, the top of the NFC in, in a few minutes. But... I want to go to the AFC, and you mentioned the Ravens. Slowing down the Chiefs' offense. So you can slow down the Chiefs' offense, and they still score. They scored 24 in regulation, 27 total. How scary are the Kansas City Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes has had games this year where he's had the, the ups and downs, the Brett Favre comparisons, mm-hmm. the terrible throws yesterday, bad interception, bad fumble, but also makes the special plays and had the, uh, the quote-unquote MVP moments everybody's looking for. How scary are the Chiefs that you could slow them down and they still score 24 or 27, however you look at it? I say the Chiefs are scary because you can't fall behind like at all. I think once you seed ground to them, you're toast. It, it, once you're behind 14 points or whatever, that's when they just put the foot on your throat and you're done because that's when D Ford, you know, can take off. That's when Justin Houston can just worry about rushing the passer and those guys, you know, can do that when that's all they have to worry about. And that's you know, the defense has its weaknesses, but in pass defense, if they can just play pass defense, they're a lot better than if they have to worry about the run as well because we've seen their issues in run defense over the years. So I do think they're scary in that regard. But at the same time, uh, I don't think they're unbeatable. Obviously, the two losses. I think there's a lot of teams in the AFC that I could see one game getting them, getting the best of them. So you sound like you're describing Peyton Manning's Colts. Yes, right it's now. very similar, actually. Yeah. That you know, explosive passing attack, mm-hmm. their whole plan was to get ahead, and then let those pass rushers eat off the edge. Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis back in the day. I mean, that, that's what we're looking yeah. at here. Now, those teams also, they struggled in the playoffs. Now, this is, it was a completely different era, right? But they struggled in the playoffs, had a lot of one and duns and all that fun stuff, until the only time that they won the Super Bowl was 2006, and Peyton actually was terrible during that whole run, but the defense stepped up because of Bob Sanders. So if Bob, Sta- <laughs> Bob Sanders shows up for the Chiefs' defense, or... The defense really was terrible, Is too, that Eric Berry? Like, if you just pulled Eric Berry out... Then boom. Yeah. He's their Bob Sanders, and the defense is good, and they go on their run. That could be. That's actually very interesting. Is he slated to even be no, back? Or? I don't know. We should research these things. <laughs> no, the thing with Mahomes, though, Thursday. again, he he's ends up with a Thursday. So he'll, so yeah. he's back. So he he's, back. Got, he's their Bob Sanders. That is actually, I love. Down the stretch here. You're onto something here. Or is it Booger? Because Booger was great down the stretch, too, at nose tackle for the Colts. <laughs> All right, that's that was that was uh, that was twelve years ago, Mike. Two thousand six. That run feels like yesterday. it really was, though. Incredible if you go back and watch how bad that Colts defense was that whole year. So it they... was it was like week fourteen or fifteen. They gave up four hundred yards to Jacksonville on the ground. Yeah, demoralized on the ground Awful. to Jacksonville, and yeah. they won the Super Bowl that year. Which is why, like doing like weekly takes and all that stuff. Like imagine that back in the day. There's no way the Colts could win the Super Bowl after With giving up four hundred yards. No. But the Chiefs, man. It's like they're always one play away mm-hmm. with Tariq Hill, Tyreek Hill. They're always one play away with Mahomes and what he could do outside the pocket. I mean, that, that's, 
look at the pressure numbers we charged. We charged him with eight pressures, Patrick Mahomes himself, because of his running around and all that stuff yesterday. But again, it's just he he makes more positives than negatives, and they're going to score a ton of points. I will say, I'll just say this. I do think I would love like their chances a lot more in the playoffs with Kareem Hunt. As much as running backs don't matter, he was good enough that in terms of what he could do in the pass game and run game, just keeping him on schedule, he was a substantial upgrade over Spencer Ware. Now, Spencer Ware can do... It can, it's not a bad back by any means, but Kareem Hunt, I think, was special enough that uh, if you get into a bad weather game in the playoffs, which, you know, Arrowhead's out, so outside, uh, Gillette is going to be outside if you're playing one of those venues, that I would have liked to have had. Look, I, I think you're right. I was on uh, Mike Tirico's podcast a couple weeks ago, and he was asking about that, right? Like, how much will Kareem Hunt or a running back really matter in the playoffs? And again, we like... Running backs, they still matter. Like everything mm-hmm. matters, right? It's just about how much do they matter. I look at balance in the NFL like this, though. The ability to pass short, intermediate, and deep, and run the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, at those four things, if you're good at all those four things, and I think the best teams, when you take away one of them, they can adjust and do something else. So yeah. running the ball is still a part of that. And Kareem Hunt did a really good job of at least maximizing what the run game was in Kansas City. Well, I heard of my favorite way to describe balance is you want to be able to balance it. You want to be able to attack every zone of the field, whether yep. that be wide, down the field, intermediate, yep. wide. So if you're all your, if you know, fifty percent of your plays are into the line of scrimmage between the numbers, if that's the zone you're attacking, which is aka the run game, that's not balanced because right. you're oversampling one zone of the field. If you know, twenty five percent of your plays are deep, twenty five percent are intermediate, twenty five percent wide. That's more balanced. So I do think. Uh, they're going to maybe struggle in the playoffs with Spencer Ware in that line of scrimmage between the numbers, though. So, luckily for Kansas City, though, they're now 11-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Because of some of the craziness yesterday, namely in Miami with the New England Patriots. You want to talk about that, Steve? The Kansas City therapy Ch- session about that? I don't need it. I'm okay. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs sitting pretty yeah. as far as the number one seed goes. Now, of course, this Thursday they're going to play the Chargers. It's a huge game. If they win that game, it's... Is it all but locked up? Pretty much, it's pretty much all but locked up. Yeah, um, the number one seed all through the playoffs. We know we've been talking about home field quite a bit on the show already. How just how important it is uh, playing on the road. I mean, it really does change. It just changes the dynamic so much, yes. home and away. So the Chiefs are sitting pretty. Uh, what happened in Miami yesterday? With the New England Patriots, which this, unfortunately we don't have Sam point. to break down the rugby aspect of it. We need a it really was not on that. It was more the rugby defense aspect of it about how terribly executed their rugby defense was. Just crease like it was bad rugby defense. Why yeah. did only like three Patriots end finish like they in, were, the, in the screen? I was I mean, say, they were all just like if you play in backside, back, everyone was like holding as like no one flew to the ball. Right. Usually, you just want to fly. To, you had you have to have a handful of guys flying to the ball. Maybe one or two guys who aren't even close stay deep. But you saw you know Stephen Gilmore could have easily made a tackle at some point, but he's you know waiting probably about 10 yards away for a pitch where it's like that's that's to the point where you just go make the play just make sure yeah. the first guy goes down if you get beat by like four laterals so be it don't let them make two and have a guy just run 50 yards so one of my takeaways on this whole thing is they got the ball into Kenyon drake's hands hmm. last year we saw probably a more improbable play with what tyreek hill did even hmm. though it wasn't the end of the game and it wasn't improbable as far as like win probability goes but tyreek hill legitimately like out Outrunning and juking size. four players yeah. that were in position to stop him is more ridiculous than what Kenyon Drake did. But that's my takeaway. If you're going to do these last gasp plays, set up your best athlete, Kenyon Drake or mm-hmm. Tyree Kill, and let them go do it. I mean, that was 
That was really well executed by Miami, as as poorly as it was executed by. <laughs> was the it well? I mean, like not to say was it well? Not to question because it obviously turned out for the best. But I don't think there was much rhyme or reason to what they had going on. It was. I thought it was pretty well. Throw designed. it somewhat deep, get a good chunk, and then just have a few guys there for laterals. I don't think there was anything more than that. It was better designed than most teams go five yard curl and then they're just chucking and yeah, then okay, the yeah. ball ends up in Tannehill's hand sixty yards away and it's like, okay, what are you gonna do? Even yeah. though you're a former wide receiver. Um so But I, that really killed the Patriots. Yes. The playoffs because they had they had the win over Kansas City early in the season, right. so if they were, if you know, Kansas City did lose at some point, they were going to hold the tiebreaker over right. them and get home field. Now, not the case, right? And we've we've talked about it on here too. The Patriots have not made it to the Super Bowl when they have to go on the road since 2004, and you know, so they've struggled on the road Front in the runners. playoffs historically for whatever that's worth. I mean, I don't know how much mm. that's worth now, but obviously they've had a better road uh, when teams have to go go through Gillette. Um, from a Patriots, so from a Patriots point of view, first of all, there's that play everybody's going to talk about. Gronk was on the field. Why was he on the field? Not Devin McCourty. They're seventy plus yards away. I think that's a fair point. Yes, Why is Gronk on the field? That was a fair point. It's never going to be a hail mary. Are you going to who's going to be brave enough to say Belichick screwed up? See if it's going to be you. Oh yeah, that was bad. That was a bad decision. So I think what happened was you're just like, all right, last play, throw the hail mary defense out there. Yes, just just. Hail Mary defense, whatever you call that package. Hail Mary defense, Gronk's part of it, and you just go. And, and there wasn't that much thought into it, even though they said they knew that the laterals were coming and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It's just it's their Hail Mary defense. Yeah. But at some point, it's like you're out of Hail Mary range. It should be... Not Hail Mary defense. Not Hail Mary defense. Not Gronk. Or two different ones. Maybe. Not Josh Gordon. Yeah. You know, Josh Gordon probably would have been better for Hail Marys than Gronk anyway, the way he's yeah. moving around these days. So... Um, that was bad. From a Patriots point of view, though, you've got Brady taking the sack at the end of the first half, which left points on the board. You have a missed field goal, and you have a missed extra point. Uncharacteristic. Yes. I mean, there was some... Simple Brady played least. awesome from... Like, he threw the ball probably as well as he did all year, but that was a terrible play. Still missed a few throws. But, I mean, the defense wasn't good. I mean, there's so many different things from a New England standpoint where, like, you don't really deserve to win that game against Miami. And yeah. from a Dolphins standpoint... They're sitting there at seven and six now, like everyone else, looking for an AFC wild card spot. I don't know how that's even possible. They're, right? They feel like the Bills from last year. It's like this is pretty clearly not one of the best teams in the NFL yet. Are going to? I think it's worse than the Bills because last year you could look at the Bills and say, "Look, as bad as this run defense is, they could stop the pass. They yeah. are really tough to pass the ball on, yeah. and that like keeps you in games." Dolphins corners are good. I mean, like Minka Fitzpatrick has played well for a rookie. Xavier Howard is a playmaker on the back. They, they have a good pass defense themselves. They're okay. Really. They get torched, but they're not, though, quite a bit. Yeah, they're not as good as the Bills were a season ago. They've got a bad defensive line, bad linebacking core. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Tannehill. Adam Gaze, if they do make the playoffs, should be coach of the year, probably. I don't know. Because they had no business. No, they really have no business. Ryan Tannehill continues to be the guy that has the worst PFF grade with the best numbers. He now has the number six passer rating because he gets all those yards yesterday. 69-yard touchdown, they whatever do it was. They scheme up some great screens there. And he's, got, he's tied for the league lead with five. Uh, the high, he's got like the second or third highest passer rating on screens. So pe- and you know, Mahomes is up there too, and people are like, why aren't you trashing Mahomes? It's like because he has a sample size of, size of 400 other throws that were yeah. awesome. Tannehill has a small sample size of not good play that's leading to really, really good numbers. He's now sixth in the NFL in passer rating, for whatever it's worth, at 105.7, including getting all those uh, free stats yesterday on the uh, Miami Miracle. So Tannehill's not... Tannehill is awesome because he's having one of the worst... He's having the worst year of his career in the best statistical season, and here we are to tell you about it. In year seven of the Tannehill era in Miami. In the breakout 
Tannehill era. So it's fascinating what Miami's doing. Ravens are seven and six. The Colts are right there. The Colts uh, they beat the Houston Texans. So speaking of the whole, you know, now so you've got Kansas City's looking really good for the number one seed. So you have New England, Pittsburgh, and Houston all vying for the number two seed, and they all lose yesterday. Pittsburgh losing to Oakland. Houston losing to the Indianapolis Colts. What are your thoughts on the Texans? Because we sat here last week on the podcast and said, okay, they're not nearly as good as their 9-3 and three record. They've snuck through a few games, but credit them for, for being in this position. I think with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, I, I sort of frame the whole AFC right now on who can beat the Chiefs at this point because the Chiefs yeah. fairly clearly the top team there. I think they're one of the teams most capable in terms of you have a couple good pass rushers in J.B. and Clowney and J.J. Watt who can actually track down Mahomes when he makes those you know, second reaction plays, they can track him down and make sure those get stopped to some degree. You have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson who can make plays against the Kansas State Chiefs defense that cannot hold up for too long in coverage. I don't trust them to hold up if Deshaun Watson does break the pocket against them. He can make some plays on the field. So I can see him going throw for throw with a guy like Patrick Mahomes. The Texans are one of the teams that can beat him, but at the same time, very flawed. That offensive line, still a huge issue, just just got awful at basically every single position up front. I think their tackles have allowed the most and maybe second most pressures of any tackle in the NFL. Just not good up front, as I'll say. So right. issues there, but I mean, I could. That's one of the teams I could see catching light in the bottom. I do still think they win the AFC South. Is it, isn't it fun thinking about the post? Like let's let's push Brady and Breeze out of the league for a minute. Even if mm-hmm. you push Rodgers and Rivers out of the league a little bit, and you see. Is the future of the AFC, you know, Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr? No. Mm. Um, but, like, watching these guys all dueling Lamar? for uh, Lamar Jackson, Cody Andy Kessler. Dalton, Jeff, Jeff no. Driscoll. Okay, now we're ruining, we're ruining our list here. Who am I missing? Sam Darnold, Josh Allen? Yeah. No, but seriously, like, watching these guys, um, just, just, just this new breed of, of quarterbacks, I kept saying for a while, once those top guys get pushed out, it's going to be just a crapshoot like who's going to be the number one guy i think mahomes is playing at this level though that is sustainable even when he loses playmakers because mm-hmm. he's in this great situation andy special even when he loses those guys he's still gonna find a way to get the job yeah. done i think watson i don't i'm not ready to put watts I, I think mahomes has been far more impressive than watson though yes i agree in their two years watson st- statistically has been outstanding but it's also been one of those just like the Tannehill thing it's been a little inflated but i, I do love what watson can do despite this not-so-good situation in Houston. If they can make the situation better against uh, around him, then he's putting up some crazy numbers, I think. Yeah, the quarterbacks in the AFC went from ugly, I feel like, to begin the year. It didn't mm-hmm. look like it would be great until now. Maybe, it seemed like the NFC was the balance of power was swinging towards the NFC. Now Huge. you get you know Baker Mayfield also. You oh, get, yeah, Baker too. Yeah, How you get, get Mahomes, you get these guys, and Andrew Luck's back now. All of a sudden, AFC's on the come-up, and I could definitely see them being the conference to beat in, you know, in the years to come. Let's discuss the Steelers for a second. We're sitting there in the office, Mike, watching Big Ben. I mean, was there anything more obvious than Big Ben's just going to wait for Josh Dobbs to screw up enough to blow the lead, then come back in? Was there anything more it obvious was, than that? Were there odds on that it anywhere? It was so perfect. We just kept saying, we're like, no, Ben, you know, ben ran out. And we're like, no, he's not going to come in until Dobbs really screws this up so he can be the hero. Right. And I was saying he, he had to put on, he was asking the doctors to put on some sort of brace or something so that he could let everyone else know that he was hurt. <laughs> he wasn't going to get back out of the field until he, everyone could know that he was hurt and that this was going to be painful for him to lead them back to the victory. And, I mean, he, he basically did. He did all he could in the two drives. Uh, the field goal, though, was comedic. That was pretty bad. That was, you know, Oakland Coliseum's last stand. 
they haven't i don't put too much stock in uh you know like new england hasn't won in miami it's a tough place to play through the year like it doesn't yeah. mean anything for this year pittsburgh hadn't won in oakland in 10 15 years whatever it was and they hadn't played in like five or six years so it's like what does that even matter they've yeah. lost their last three it's but is there a thing to that? Like, you know, First. you're playing in Oakland and it's just tough and the Raiders are, you know, playing one Cross of their country. better games and all that stuff. I don't know. But it, it, it came that back, was, it came that back to was one the Steelers could not afford to drop there. But I they, mean, they might lose, realistically lose the division now. They could. I yeah. mean, the Ravens are, are there because Pittsburgh, look at Pittsburgh has to play home against New England at Saints. New Orleans yeah. after that. So they could lose, and they've lost their like, last. They're three. no lock by any means to even make the playoffs at this point, which is not with that crazy schedule. To think. Yeah, and they've got um, Baltimore in Week 17. Is yeah. it? No, no, I'm sorry. Baltimore's playing uh, Cleveland. Pittsburgh's got Cincinnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in Week 17. So, so but like the next two games win, are tough. But, yeah. but the Jeff Driscoll Bengals in Week 17, they should be okay. Uh, Big Ben, though, he continues to defy the odds too. He's having his still his worst uh, graded season. Uh, in a long time, yeah, in forever. And yesterday, his two touchdowns—a tip at the line of scrimmage where Juju makes an incredible catch, and then a pass that somehow gets through the yeah. defensive end linebacker that could have been easily picked and gets through for the touchdown. Statistically, Big Ben was great. Grade uh, grade wise, was not. Once again, he's had so many games like that this year, Mike. Hey, he's just all over the place in terms of the windows he's throwing into down the field. Sometimes it's guys running wide open. I mean, he has. Two of the better receivers in the NFL, you know, one arguably the best, Antonio Brown, Juju, getting there. Uh, so sometimes he's thrown into just these gaping windows, and sometimes he's forced into Antonio Brown when they is bracketed inside outside, and there's just no chance of it ever getting getting through. And it's basically it's weird because that's not you feel like you should be getting avoiding those more with old age, and he's throwing more of them. It seems. But I always I always put the Steelers in that scary category because you're talking about the teams that can compete. With the Chiefs, I mean, in any given game, Big Ben's going to put up yes. 400 yards, and even if it looks ugly, I mean, he could put up a spectacular game. So there's a lot of, like, what-ifs. Even in- inconsistent quarterbacks like that, you just don't know which way they're going to be mm-hmm. uh, come playoff time. So if they do get in, yeah, they're dangerous just like they are every single year. I never trust that Steelers defense, though. Like, next week against New England and then against New Orleans it's the next built two weeks. to take advantage of bad quarterbacks, I feel like, because of how zone-heavy it is. And the, they just rely so much of their pressures on blitzes. And when that's the case, good quarterbacks usually, for the most part, they're going to torch the blitz. Yes. Yeah. The, like we saw with Phillip Rivers in the second half of that game. You see with Brady every year in the playoffs, seemingly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, early in the season was just you know lighting them up. So I do think... They, of all the teams in the AFC right now, I don't see them having a good chance of sneaking through. They just don't have... They got lit up by Blake Bortles in the playoffs. They don't have it defensively. Um, We'll talk about it on the preview podcast, but Pittsburgh and their game plan every year against New England is always fascinating. You know, play zone, rush three, blitz. Last year they tried to play man coverage. They've tried everything Mm -hmm. and uh, struggle against New England. We'll see what they do uh, as far as this week goes. But yeah, I think the, the resounding takeaway in the AFC... It went from there was a point in the day where Patriots fans were like, "Wow, the Chiefs could lose." You got you got, right. you got this in hand in Miami. The Patriots were ready to just take over the number one seed, and then they're like, "Oh, we got you're going to play Pittsburgh, and then the Jets and Bills." <laughs> New England's going number one. Super Bowl's going through Gillette, and then all of a sudden things flip. The Chiefs win in overtime, and now the Super Bowl's going. And now through. it's basically just can someone beat the Chiefs in the yeah, playoffs? It's going through Arrowhead. That was what happened yesterday, Week 14. That was the AFC action yesterday. It was just. Uh, an unbelievable uh, turn of events. A lot of uh, fun sporting, Mike, is what happened yesterday. 
Let's flip back to some of the NFC stuff. Uh, Cowboys-Eagles. Because you have the Cowboys now fully in control of the NFC East after this division was just, you know, back and forth. The Redskins were making a run. The Giants are creeping up with five wins now, Mike. They're not good still. Uh, But the Cowboys pull out a crazy game with the Philadelphia Eagles. We've been talking about the Cowboys' defense for a while here, but all of a sudden, like, all hell broke loose in the fourth quarter. I was going to say, Jerry Jones just pumping his chest after Amari Cooper goes off for 200 yards yeah. against the biggest, you know, the division rival in, the, uh, you know, the Eagles. And the trade looks good for them now. Like, the trade has, to some degree, uh, they're still a pretty anemic offense. They still can go in the tank quickly. But it's added a downfield element, which they were sorely missing. And it's why they're winning. You know, that's why they're going to win the NFC East now. Dak had one of the weirdest... 455 yard passing performances you'll ever see i mean he threw the ball 54 times this is the thing i've said about dak for a while now like you i always wanted him in that rookie season i wanted to see him in an unprotected setting mm-hmm. go throw the ball 40 45 times and go win a game you know for your team and i still don't i'm not convinced that he did that necessarily yesterday i thought amari i mean look the final touchdowns that's that's that falls incomplete 99.9 percent of the time it happened to pop up and amari catches yes. it so it inflates the stats Amari made some nice plays on the deep ball, but Dak had two terrible interceptions. Also, for the second straight week, they had a wide open, like what would have been a game clincher. They're winning late. They get aggressive. They throw the ball down the field. They have a wide open receiver, and he misses them. He did it against New Orleans a couple weeks ago. He did it yesterday against Philadelphia. He's missing yes. these easy throws still. Mm-hmm. This, was the, one of the, this, is an, this was an unimpressive 455-yard passing performance. This is the year of the unimpressive 400-plus-yard games. <sighs> it's the NFL, man. It's the NFL today. I hate being this guy. I hate to just be the, the wet blanket of reason, as uh, Greg Bedard like, likes to call himself in mm-hmm. uh, New England media. Just like throwing the wet blanket when you're like, oh, 455 passing yards. Like even Wentz. Wentz is just defying all the odds statistically, playing just bad football and coming out on top statistically over the last few weeks. Yes. Other than the Saints. The NFC picture, though, is now very interesting because you have the 1-2 is going to be Saints-Rams in some order at this point. The 3-4 is going to be Chicago-Dallas, again, in some order. Very dichotomous different teams you're going to oh, see yeah. two games if those two if it stays that way which i do think there's a clear delineation distinction here between cow between those four and then basically everyone else in the nfc I, I think those are the best four teams in the nfc everyone else has some pretty critical flaws and so if that ends up being that divisional round matchup you ha- i think that will be two of if those are the games two of the best you know playoff matchups in, in recent memory because so distinctly defensive teams versus so distinctly offensive teams in this year of the offense right. who ends up coming out on top. I do think it's a very fun NFC playoff picture this year. See, I don't know that Dallas... I, I, I like Chicago. Chicago at home, again, is a thing. But when you have teams like tonight's game, Minnesota and the Seahawks, you know, vying for those wild card spots, those could be some really good wild card games, though. Could, yeah, I, I'm not saying that any of those teams are locked to move on by any means, but the interesting thing about Dallas, they play a vastly different just brand of football right. than everyone else. They have this incredible defense at this point. You know, Byron Jones, great corner, Demarcus Lawrence, the linebackers have been Jalen Smith, Lane Vanderash, two of the best in the NFL this year. They're shut down basically everyone over the past handful of weeks. And then they tr- play this offensive style where it's as run heavy as anyone else in the NFL. Ball control, they're not going, not explosive plays. So they're shortening the game as well as any team in the NFL right now. And when you shorten the game, you basically add in 
a layer of randomness because the fewer possessions, the more likely that one bounce going one way or the other. It's the underdog. Is going to, yes, is going to right. uh, affect the game. Is going to really drastically change the outcome. And so I think they have a good chance of playing you know, five straight wins at this point. They have a chance of playing spoiler in the NFC, whereas I think you know, prior to that Eagles game, uh, a handful, whatever that was, six weeks ago now, People were expecting Jason Garrett to get fired and this yeah. to be it know, was the, out on the street. The sky is falling. Is that what I said? The sky was falling in Dallas mm-hmm. a month and a half ago. Now, in control of the NFC East. Uh, tonight's game with Seattle and Minnesota, just huge for wild card implications. I mean, if Seattle wins, they go to 8-5. and five, And that moves the Vikings to 6-6-1. Six, six and one. Who's getting that second wild card spot yeah, if that happens? That second wild card spot could be feasibly below 500. You've got the Panthers in the mix at six and seven. Packers are still technically in there, right at five, <laughs> seven, and one. Technically, but technically, just technically, the Redskins are at six and seven, but not in the mix. Obviously, no, <laughs> they do not have the uh, quarterbacking. And the Eagles just that secondary at this point, just RIP. Uh, they they just everyone's down. It, and it, I love it hurts the way to watch. It hurts to watch cornerbacks. Who are have deep zone responsibility bite on play action as much as the they're Eagles doing it every week. Do. Yeah, they're doing it every week. Deep third responsibility, which is like, all right, you're just if the run gets to you, it's 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 everybody like, else's don't, fault. Yeah, exactly. Like, stay. and you're biting on the run and letting dudes get behind you. So it's been a little ugly in the uh, secondary for Philadelphia. Uh, so the NFC still wide open. We'll see what happens with the Seahawks, Vikings. You have any uh, quick take on Seahawks, Vikings? Even though this is a lot of people are going to be listening to it, this could be your chance to predict something. Uh, I do think that the Vi- I still think the Vikings are better on the record. So I do think the Vikings Agreed. end up even on the road against the Seahawks team. Uh, I just don't think the Seahawks have the pass rush to where you just have to have somewhat decent of a pass rush. I don't think the Seahawks have that this year to right. be able to affect Kirk Cousins. So see, I'll go Vikings, but yeah. in Seattle, yeah, Kirk Cousins, the roller coaster's down. I think it's going to yeah. Come I was going to say that too. You've been I think if you down up. Kirk Cousins, he's due for one. And last year he had a great win in Seattle. That was like one of the reasons why Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Signed him. Look, he can win on the road. Like these, these one-off touchy-feely deals. All right, let's get through some of the the rest of the league really quickly. Uh, we finally got to see Sam Darnold versus Josh Allen. Mm. That the, was the, we're going to see it for the next decade. Exciting. Though, right? uh, Josh Allen. They're better than that one. In it, terms so of quarterback play. I'm going to have Zach Robinson. I think it's just time to like re reset and break down the rookies again. One week ago, Josh Allen was the quarterback of the week this week one of the lowest graded i mean this is the full josh allen experience he rushed for over 100 yards again right over 100 yeah nine for 101 for with a touchdown force missed tackle 77 of which came on scrambles uh if for nothing else josh allen is exciting to watch but man the cross body interceptions and bad fumbles i mean those are some of the bad plays that's one of the things where if i'm not I'm not sure you can never coach that out of a guy. And yeah. it's, it's hard to watch. But if he's still doing it now in an NFL where it's every single person along the way is telling you, do not make the crossbody throw when you're scrambling to the sideline. Do not throw it back over the middle. It's like the cardinal sin of quarterbacking. Don't even try it. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Unless you're actually, you know, cap- unless you're very capable of it and have done it consistently, which he hasn't. And it, I just, I, that's the stuff that worries me. That if you're still seeing it at this point is still worse. I, I have to find the the video because he did it against San Diego State in the Mount, I think it was the Mountain West Championship last mm-hmm. year, the year before. I think it was the year before. One of the worst interceptions you'll see. Rolling right, just flipped it back across his body. It was almost identical to what happened yesterday. Um, the thing is, I don't care if you throw back across your body. 
unless if the guy's open. Yes. Like there are there there is a such thing as being able to process and see the field and Mahomes has that. Like Mahomes is going to throw some bad crossbody interceptions in his career, but not as many because yes. he's got a better feel for it. Mm-hmm. Allen doesn't have as good of a feel for that. It's stupid. <laughs> Mahomes it's like somewhat calculated usually. Yeah. Right? Um, which is why he made that special fourth down play yesterday. So I don't know. That's that's the difference. And Darnold makes the little comeback, and I think Darnold has that in him. So I think um, I still have faith in Sam Darnold to turn things around as ugly as things have been at times this year. And I do think Josh Allen, this you know, I will say, ups and downs. Josh Allen's athleticism is enough to where if he can improve any as a pass rusher, yeah. and you add him into the run game, like he can be utilized in a Cam Newton esque offense to what they run there in Carolina, where he's. You know, Cam Newton's, they're dialing up his number five to ten times right. a game in terms of options and stuff like that. And it's actually impacting the looks you get from defenses because of how much that, you know, because of how impactful the quarterback is in the run game. I think you can do that with him, but he's still, it's similar to, you know, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. They're just so bad right now as passers that it's not right. actually making him that much better. By the way, they're doing... Lamar and Josh Allen doing it very differently as far as where those rushing yards are coming from. Lamar only had two scrambles yesterday mm-hmm. for run. It's, it's designed runs. Yeah, so Lamar they're not Jackson. actually using in Buffalo. They're not really using him in the design. Right, run. they're not using him they there yet, and yeah. they could. Yeah, and you're right. And Sam Which, had mentioned that as to like, be fair. I wouldn't if you're not in the punt right now. Don't get your guy killed. Don't do it now. Yeah. Right, right. But there is this. I use the phrase. There's a path to success for Lamar Jackson. You could say the same thing for Josh Allen. There yeah. are ways to protect him and use him, and hope he improves in different areas. But the path to success for him is use him in the run game a little bit, like you said. But let, you know, unleashing him downfield and letting yeah. him, you know, you're kind of living and dying by using the big arm, mm-hmm. uh, driving the ball down the field. The other uh, rookie who was really good yesterday, Baker Mayfield. Only one real miss? Is that what uh, Neil Hornsby was out there tweeting? Because anytime Baker does well, he gets very excited. <laughs> yeah, so Neil was out there uh, tweeting, I think, only, only one real miss for up. Baker. A couple yeah. big-time throws. Uh, he's in the top five or six in big-time throws this year. Baker's showing off uh, some of the special throws this season. I mean, the fact that they didn't let him even compete for the starting job there remains absurd. It's like... Yeah, in this AFC that's see, wide open. Yes. Yeah. You had a chance. They have a team that's good enough with how he's played of late to you know, feasibly have made the playoffs this year with... But they kind of just tossed it out the window. But the good news is, I mean, he looks better than any Browns quarterback we've seen in, well, the history of our grading, so... Well, yes. <laughs> and, you know, the history of the new Browns franchise yeah, and also since that, yeah. 1999 with Tim Couch. Um, touch on Falcons... Packers yesterday. Did you see anything different in the uh, Packers offense with no Mike McCarthy? Not especially. I mean, nothing. Rodgers still taking holding the ball for a while. He just connected on some of those deep throws. Whereas, I mean, the Falcons defense has been a sieve. They've been bad. <sighs> Rodgers actually had one of his worst graded games yesterday. Two turnover worthy throws was it that he yeah, got away with? Yeah, two Deion Jones picks that luckily fell to the ground for them. But Aaron Rodgers still sitting there with one interception. I think he's up to six or seven turnover-worthy throws. So now he goes longest, to... Broke the longest streak in NFL history, your boy Tom Brady's, for most attempts without an interception. Brady had a lot of luck during that streak, too. So Yeah, That's what it's all two, about. two drop picks from Woodson against the in Packers did. in that one. Yeah, yeah. 2010. The, had some bad passes in the snow against the Bears that year, too. Yeah, Brady didn't throw a pick after week four or something that season. Ended with four that year. Um, so Rodgers having some uh, interception luck, but not a major difference with the Green Bay offense. Um, flying around the league, George Kittle, a monster. Yes. I have to say that we had a, the Broncos could not afford. That was They had the wild card spot 
somewhat they had a very good shot at it going into that game you thought you're going up against one of the worst teams in the nfl this is locked up no they're just a different they're a different team on the road Mm -hmm. it's always been the case in denver i I think i'm just resigned to this fact i mean i know that they beat jeff driscoll on the road two weeks ago they did pull one off against the chargers Mm-hmm. a few weeks before took took some freaky plays for that to happen i just don't think the broncos are that good they haven't oh, been know, that good all either, year but yeah but yeah that was bad george kittle they had no answer for him i, I said they going into up the, in the week I said, I said i was on denver radio and i said you just can't give them free yards you know he's not going to beat you with any sort of you know nick mullins is not going to beat you with his arm he's going to beat you if you bite on play action and leave some guy running wild down the field. That's the only way that's they're what going they're to doing. And that's exactly what happened. You just had to be disciplined against this team and they were not. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't think, I think Denver has been, they're probably, they're dealing with one of the worst quarterback situations. And as well as you, you know, run the ball with Philip Lindsay and the holes that he's had, and he's, you know, had a nice season and all that stuff. At some point you need case Keenum to right. go make a ton of plays for and you. Won't. And it's just it, not there every yeah. week. So that's the issue. Uh, I think Neil was the only guy who picked the 49ers. He got it right. <laughs> Denver on the road. Yeah. Um, so the Raiders beat the Steelers. We talked about that real quick. Any takeaways from the Lions-Cardinals game, Mike? <sighs> Josh Rosen. You touch I on. mean, you'd like to see just more. It's another thing where you have the worst situation around. I mean, the Bills and the Cardinals, talent offensively, easily the two worst in the NFL. There's just nothing going on for them. But at the same time, you'd like to see improvement from both of them in some yeah. manner. You saw a little bit with Josh Allen the last two weeks. Rosen, there's just it's not been any. So I, I see a lot of people making Josh Rosen excuses. Like, oh, you know, like these bad plays are going to disappear once you give him a line. And, and, like, it'll help. But I still think he's, he's Eli Manning. He's Jameis Winston. Like, even, even at his best, mm-hmm. it's going to be – There's going to be picks. There's going to be some head scratchers in there. There'll be some impressive stuff. You, want, you just have to give him more opportunity mm-hmm. to show that. But there'll be some, some ugly in there as well. Um, and we haven't really touched on the Saints uh, twenty-eight to fourteen win against the Bucks. I did predict on the preview podcast that this would be, you know, maybe a little bit tougher than people think, and you know, the indoor outdoor outdoor thing with Breeze and the Bucks are playing a little bit better defense, and they did struggle through it a little bit. But the Saints again, I think, just show sometimes their defense steps up, sometimes it's their running game, sometimes Breeze just dominates. The Saints just know how to win games in different ways. Yeah, I think their defense actually a tad underrated at this point. Uh, that front four is good. That front four is very good. Sheldon Rankins, Rankins is Cameron really Jordan. Uh, I really like, gosh, the name. Uh, Anyamata, too, has played very well uh, as an interior pass rusher. I like that defensive line. I think it's the top 5-10 to 10 defensive line in the NFL at this point. But the only thing is, outside of Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple had a good game, but are you going to trust him? P.J. Williams, that second cornerback, just has the possibility, week in and week out, of getting toasted uh, at a moment's notice. We had Sam Watson in the... Uh in the YouTube chat here. Sam saying, don't ruin the podcast without me. <laughs> you stay home with your sniffles, Sam. All right. He's at home. He's got a little bit of a cold. Oh. He's, you know, just skipping out here. It's his own fault. Is he even doing any work? Is he just taking a day off? I think he's going to write Is his, uh, during this his column. He's a Washington Post okay. columnist. And he's going to write about Funny. Mark Sanchez and, and the Redskins this week. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he writes he's about. probably going to get a ton of views. He might get Wally Pipped here, though. We're, Renner's coming back in. You guys let us know. Is this better than normal? It yeah. Seems better than normal. Give us the thumbs up if you love Mike Renner and want to see him replace Sam. Is this your favorite duo? I can't do that to Sam, though. Okay. That's right. Because like, you'll, you'll stand me up. You won't even be sick and you just won't show up. At least he's That's sick. true. Sometimes you know what I'm I saying? do that. Yeah. You're just not dependable, Mike. <laughs> 
That's uh, radical candor that we uh, express here at PFF. Just get to tell you the truth all the time. Uh, anything else you want to touch on from this week? What about the Giants? You, you reviewed the Giants in, in Washington game. Any good takeaways in that one? The interesting thing is the Giants, I mean, I think everyone's known that they're close. Like, they have all this talent offensively. They should be – it shouldn't look as bad as it has. I think they're still very close. Show up a couple spots on the O-line. Quarterback that's anywhere, just anything capable at quarterback, and all of a sudden you – I do think you're – So, as much as we've trashed – I think they're – they could feasibly next season turn around in a big way. Where are they getting their quarterback? That's the other. That's the only thing. They would have to be in the Winston Derek Carr sort of market. Teddy Bridgewater. They have to be. If in they want their next guys. Eli, Jameis Winston. <laughs> yeah, I am telling you, Jameis has a Super Bowl run in him. He's got one. It might take ten to fifteen years to get there, but he's got one. I mean, I do think that one of those guys could succeed with that level of talent. A lot of quarterbacks could succeed with the level of talent they have at Playmaker on that team. I agree. Now, look, I know we've trashed the uh, Saquon Barkley pick, but as a player, we've always said he's dynamic and all this stuff. He's got some issues maybe running the ball consistently, but, man, some of the big plays he's adding. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I've never questioned the fact, his playmaking ability. I never questioned that. But it's just the value you're getting back was always the thing. And I even said I'd take him in the first round. But just not where they took him. No, and I think, he, but I do two. think he's ended up even sort of exceeding my expectations of how much explosive he's been as a playmaker. He, uh, I think he's probably a better bet. You know, he's he impacts the offense more than any of the wide receivers that I think got taken in the first round of this pastures draft. That's fair. And that, so yeah. here's the scary thing: is when they do when, when you do have an efficient quarterback, and we're sitting here two or three years down the road, if they find that quarterback, um, I don't think it's Eli. You have Odell Beckham. You have Saquon on the field. You have this creative offense spreading the ball, Sterling Shepard. I mean, again, I don't know how the, the roster evolves, but offensive line gets better. As a part of a great R offense, much like Todd Gurley, yes. that offense becomes scary. I think Building much, around oh, yeah, him is, Todd Gurley too. is the issue. Yeah. You think he's better than Todd Gurley? Much better, yes. He's got more big play ability. I think, yeah, that's not crazy. All right, man. I think we hit everything. Yeah. Did pretty good, pretty good job pinch hitting. Uh we're going to be back. Uh, Sam might be back. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We might, we might take it to a vote. Do we want Renner back? Do we want Sam back? I think Sam will be back for our uh, week preview, week 15 preview. We've got one more Thursday night game. That's it for the rest of the season. Chiefs. So it's my last Thursday prediction coming up. You got to go all out. You got to make it way, way crazier. Not crazier. You just got to predict a lot. Philip Rivers, six interceptions. Mahomes, 12 touchdowns. That'll be not that crazy. That's too crazy. It's like, it's like go deeper. Okay, we'll get we'll get deep okay. on our uh, Chiefs Chargers preview. Stick with us all week, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, for Mike Renner, I'm Steve Palazzolo. Everybody, have a great week. We'll talk again Thursday. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray. In his NFL debut, that's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, 
you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at nfl.com slash pro football focus NFL.